uh, so everyone out there listening, uh, we're, we're, we're talking with Aldino Parchment and Aldino, head of information technology, Paramount Global from Panama. How, what was your first computer? Just curious. Like, how'd you get started in this whole, this nightmare we call technology? Uh, hey, Phil, I just want to, uh, first of all, thank you for this opportunity to just, you know, um, talk and um, just talk about technology, which is the, uh, we're living in an exciting um, era uh, where technology is driving every single business out there. Um, it is wild. It is really yeah. wild. Yeah, I, lo- yeah. I love talking yeah. about, it doesn't, and people are like, you're a broken record, Phil, but I don't ever get tired of talking about how it, well, how much it's, it's changed, a, you know? Well, hey, if you don't mind me asking, talk about. <laughs> this is, if you don't mind me asking, I'm, I'm only asking your age because I need to know in like free a timeline of like where you sit in the technology spectrum. But like, how old are you? Ouch. I am almost 48. December 9 will be okay, like cool. 48. So we're like the same age. Like I'm 45. Yeah. We can we can call each other the same age because I look at, you know, like I'm 45. It's like I'm 40. You know, you're 48. It's like you're 42. Like this is just how we have to think about this. Hey, you know? 40s are the new what? 20s? I don't know. I heard the other day that <laughs> 60s, I heard the 60s oh. are the new 40s. So I'm hoping oh, when I'm 60. So, wow. Okay, so I'm, hoping when I'm, <laughs> I'm a teenager or, or infant. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, okay. So we're come. So you, you know very well what it was like to be around during the dawn of the internet, which is just crazy. Right. Now, I don't know. Like, how old are you? How long were you in, in Panama for? Like what, like when did you leave Panama? Wow. So I live in Panama probably the first uh, 13 years of my life, 13, 14, somewhere around there. Okay. Then I moved to Costa Rica. Uh, I told you I, I, I'm kind of like a nomad. I move around quite a bit. Um, I could uh, say the then, same thing too. I've moved way too many times. Yeah. 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 Then if um, Costa Rica, mm-hmm. I live one year in Nicaragua. I went back to Costa Rica after that one year. And then for my undergrad, I went to Puerto Rico. And after Puerto Rico, I moved to Miami. After Miami, I moved to Southern California. And I've been in Southern California ever since. My okay. oldest daughter right now is 20 years old. So that's how long I've been in California for 20 years. Uh, there we go. That's the longest I've been in one place, one city, one country. <laughs> okay, gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. So yeah. 48 minus 20. I've got to go back to first grade, which I stayed back in first grade. Do math there. So 28. So what was your first intermittent experience with technology? Like at what point were you like, this is just, you know, really cool. This is what I want to do. Like, do you remember? Yeah, is there like something yeah. very specific that you can remember? I don't know. I was just, I just fell in love with, with, with computers and technology. Um, every time I used to watch movie, mm-hmm. a uh, like military movie that they, you know, those, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. when the green screen, you know, they're not doing they're not doing anything. But yes, when I used to see the green screen and they're trying to fix some problem or mm-hmm. or trying to hack in or whatever case may be, yeah. it used to my eyes used to lit up. I was like, wow, I want to be in technology so bad. <laughs> yeah, the old hacking movies, the old hacking movies made you think like like even Tron and stuff, right? Like like the old hacking movies made you think that 
you could do like that, that hackers are like doing this like crazy wild stuff, you know, whereas nowadays right. it's just someone like stealing your password or like they're like social <laughs> exactly. hacking. You. Exactly. It's just, they don't even, they don't even have like technology skills. They just know how to like manipulate human beings, you know, emotionally and like steal right. their information. It's kind of lame. Um, right. So what was, um, so How'd you get into? How'd you get into? I mean, how'd you get to where you are now? As I mean, head of IT at you know a well, pretty good sized yeah. company. I mean, how'd that happen? Like, where we? How'd we get there? Well, you know, I, my dad is in the education field, uh-huh. so I had no option but to go to school to go to college. It wasn't like I'm done with high school. Let me find a job somewhere. No, nope. it was like you better go to college, and I was like, so I'm thankful for that. Um, I'm thankful for that. And I'm also, I'm thankful for that for many reasons. Uh, And many reasons I'm also thinking that, uh, because when I speak with my kids nowadays, like they say, dad, do I have to go to college? I say, no, you don't. Because I mean, I'd rather you go to trade school. I'd rather you go learn Mm -hmm. a very specific skill or learn something. But that very much was the mentality. And I don't know if that's true anymore, to be honest with you. The mentality of us growing up was, you have to go to high school. If you don't get to go to high school, like you're going to get your GED, which is a good enough degree. And if you don't graduate from high school, like good luck, like seriously, good luck. And if you don't go to college after high school, then, you know, like you're like kind of a loser or something. That's how I felt. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like that's how I felt, but it's not really fair because how many people are so successful that have never you know, that, I don't know, whatever, they either have like a really special skill or something like that. So there's this constant debate in, you know, especially in technology nowadays, like, do you need all these certifications? Do you need this? And the answer is sometimes yes. Sometimes yes, you do, or you need it to prove something. But when you actually get into your day-to-day role, like you mentioned the other day, like you had, a you know, my whole team, we rescheduled all these meetings, we were doing all these things. When you actually get into working with technology and doing it for real, and I guess this is the long-winded question. What, um, how much did the education help you or did it just get you where you need to be? It just got me, uh, well, it just opened up the door. That was just one step because, okay, we got to remember back then, if, if we are talking about technology, what were the career paths that we had? It was computer science, or computer engineer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and what stuff. did you do? That and what did you do? It. Like a C plus plus. I remember seeing like this, like you know, a big thick C plus plus book on like someone's like shelf, and I was like, "What the heck is that?" I was <laughs> I was a creative writing major. I had you know I had like Shakespeare, <laughs> like Shakespeare on my shelf, and then there's there's in another room next door to me in college is the C plus plus book. I was like, that looks way too nerdy well, and lame for me. But the, I, there I was almost I was almost out of college when C plus plus came around. So okay, picture <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. picture that. <laughs> I was like, okay, always okay. I'm in a third, third and a half year of college and C++ is just getting into the market. Uh, no, I started with Pascal, you know, that was uh-huh. my first language. You uh-huh. know, that's the like computer 101. It was for programming, it was Pascal back, uh-huh. back in the days. Um, yeah. uh, and then C, um, uh, that, that was the hardest um, language that we had out there. Uh-huh. But to tell you the truth, I just stuck it through, but that was not what I wanted to do. Programming was not my 
favorite <laughs> favorite um, career path. So uh, what, I'm what holding my thoughts. At? I'm holding yeah. my thoughts because yeah, the uh, whenever someone says like, "Oh, I want to go into computer programming," I'm wanting to do something. Like, why? <laughs> like, okay, we'll hide you in a room somewhere hey, and lock you up. We do need them. Yeah, we absolutely. No, no, them. absolutely. We do. I'm like, <laughs> but that was not my thing. <laughs> Trying to find a comma for a missing comma for four hours is not exciting for me, to say the least. So, yeah. So, um, oh, by the way, you did ask me what was my first computer. Uh, yeah. I bought my first computer when I was in my second year of college, you know. Uh, imagine that. Uh, almost finishing my second year of college, I was without. And what was my major? Computer, computer science. Yeah. So can can anyone imagine? You've been having this career path of being a computer, a scientist, a computer, uh, and not have a, a PC. So that's what we had to deal with back in, the, in those Well, you days. had a computer lab, I'm assuming, obviously, yes, right? Yeah, we had a computer lab that it closes at 9 o'clock at 9. So if you didn't, wasn't a good programmer, this is a good you story. are stuck. This is a good story. <laughs> you are stuck. <laughs> Did they allow drinks? Did they allow food in the computer lab? Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. Remember like the rubber what? keyboards? Like, I mean, I'm sure people still do it. Yeah, of course right, we still have the rubber keyboards. Right. But the keyboards were different right. back then. The keyboards, like, they meant something. They like made a click. Remember the old like right. IBM keyboards that would make that clicking like the nice, it just had a nice action to it. Right, right, right. And then uh, when I finally got a computer, there's no internet on it, you know? So this is just a, a dummy station that's sitting in my in my dorm, uh, you know, because I went to kind of like a boarding school type. Um, yeah, so I was just sitting in my in my dorm, you know, so like it was, was a computer that someone put together, uh, you know, and decided to sell it to me. It's, it's nothing like nowadays that we buy a HP or IBM or 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 if you're into Mac and you know a Mac computer. No, this is. The CPU, you know, 8086, 5 megahertz. Mm. Um, I have one gig of RAM, one gig of RAM, one megabyte of RAM. Of RAM. Yeah. A gig. Uh, a gig was unheard yes. of. Remember the first exactly. terabyte? Remember when you ran into someone that had like oh a terabyte? Oh my gosh, that was, <laughs> it was like, wow, we now can conquer the world. <laughs> so yeah. A terabyte, it was like, and I love looking up at the old, the prices for old, uh, the, like just if just Google old like computer ads and like the prices that you'd pay for like a like a stupid hard drive you know that wasn't right. that was nothing oh, exactly. like thousands oh stupid hard drive all about the memory I remember I wanted to upgrade um from one from one meg to two meg and hoping that my computer could take it. <laughs> <laughs> get, out, get out the soldering get out like the soldering equipment you know or like <laughs> yeah well luckily I could, I could open it and you know it was like what we have nowadays you know you just yeah, yeah. plug it in you know you know, force it in there yeah. but you just have to make sure it's compatible and all that good stuff we still, we still deal with that nowadays uh, with memory mm-hmm. but um, yeah but back then it, it wasn't an easy thing to to get a hold of and this is what 1995 96 what was it like um, your so. first networking or your first kind of like technology like leadership job what was well, it actually if you you know like like a legit that, like what you would call right. like a legitimate this is like an like we need an IT director or we have an IT director like 
like there was a time in the history of the world where computer guys weren't taken really seriously at all. Like we never really thought about like there needs to be a position for this person to hire them. Maybe it was like an audio visual slash computer guy. I don't know what it was, you know, but there was a time in the history of the world where there was no such thing as an IT director. It just didn't exist. It did not. What was your first role where you were like, I'm getting a paycheck for doing technology? Well, I mean, uh, Okay, so when I when I was done with college, uh-huh. it was pretty much in 2000, you know, 1998, 99, somewhere around here. Y2K. So te- <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So technology was well advanced. Uh-huh. It just happened that I went to, you know, Puerto Rico to do my undergrad. So everything is a bit behind. But once I transitioned into the U.S., te- technology is pretty much the dominant, well, the somewhat dominant uh, Yeah. Uh, feature that we have that every business have. Yeah. Um, in, in terms of networking, right? Uh, when I was done with college, my first job was to help pull the data cable at the hospital, right? Wow, they yeah. wanted to have, you know, switches and internet and all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, so they hired me, you mm-hmm. know, to just to pull data cable. So that that's how I started in the networking side of world. And I remember when they teach me how to wire the cables and the colors, green, red. Yeah, most likely it's still the there today. Most likely. It's that, still there. That it's same cabling there. you did today. And, and they're, they're either <laughs> yeah. complaining about it or they're happy. They're really like, this guy did. Like, it is. It <laughs> Before Cat 5, I can't remember what it was, but something uh, yeah, that needed, Cat yeah. 3 or <laughs> Cat, Cat 1, three, if there was so. something, you know, RJ11, some kind of telephone wire or something. I don't well, know, yeah, wasn't, I did not deal with the, the RJ11, so <laughs> good thing it was RJ45. So that, 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 that's something <laughs> I'm thankful for. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Every so you did all I this see, cabling. Were we cabling into like switches or like hubs, like some kind of hub? I'm pulling data cables to each single um Roaming that the hospital had, right? Uh-huh. This is including Wild. Um, office, you yeah. know, patients, where the patients yeah. is at, yeah. uh, into the, you know, the, yeah. the MDF room. That's also, you know, uh-huh. you have to, you have to uh, cross connect. That's yeah. what we used to call it back then. Uh, all those different. Oh, we're still cross connecting. Yeah, we're still kind we of calling still cross, cross connect. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> still kind of like a yeah. more data, yeah. seems like a data center term to me. Like that's what I'm used to where I hear it the most. Okay, so <laughs> cable and hospitals. Um, then what? Then what? Okay, so this is what I was still living in Puerto Rico. You know, then decided to move to the U.S. Um, first place was Florida for one year. Uh, started trying to get into get my foot uh, solidify uh, my existing in technology right in the world out there. Yeah. Um, it didn't pan out well too well in in Florida, so I relocated to to California and work at a big organization, a big uh, hospital slash education organization. So. Where they taught me all the in and outs of um, so a lot of the show, a lot of the show is about helping other people grow up in IT, right? And some of the struggles that they have. And one of the things that we talked about on the on this last show with um, with Chai, which I encourage you and everybody to listen to, was uh, culture was work culture. 
and um, different forms of racism and prejudice that people experience uh, in the work world and kind of what we do and what we struggle with, you know, to find jobs and stuff like that. But it's, it doesn't necessarily need to be like racism or things that we struggle with. It could be anything. It could just be, it could be um, experience. It could be whatever. I'm just, I'm curious what you dealt with various through different company cultures. And, and I mean, you said something didn't work out well in Florida. I don't, you know, whatever that reason is, but what, what is it that, what kind of advice do you have to offer to other people whether they be, you know, whatever it is, like what, what would some of your advice be when finding a job or finding a place that you like working at and a place that you fit in and basically enjoying uh, what you do, you know, and, and finding your path, you know, because that's, you know, that I'm imagining that that could be one of the biggest struggles that you've dealt with. I don't know. You tell me. You know what? I uh, Because of my personality, because of the way how I grew up, um, uh, let me give you a little bit of history of how Panama is, right? Uh-huh. Uh, in the capital of Panama, uh-huh. our cultures are very mixed. Uh-huh. Uh, we don't necessarily see black, white, or, you know, um, Latinos, brown, yeah. whatever case. You see character. You see character yeah, see, and integrity. Yeah. Exactly. Good exactly. people, bad people. This guy's a good exactly. guy. This guy's a bad guy. This guy's all right. Right, <laughs> you right. know, like yeah, yeah. I, I have but, fun with this person. I don't have fun with this person. Like, stay yeah, away exactly. from this guy. That's, yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's how it should the be. Yeah. The, this, we still <laughs> we still deal with that a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's just a class situation that we have <laughs> because on the other side of the spectrum, in the countryside of Panama, <laughs> it's more you know uh, farmers, you know. Uh, People that are not well educated, mm-hmm. or the, even if they are educated, the people from the capital will mm-hmm. look down on you know the people that feeding us basically. <laughs> wow! <laughs> right. So yeah, we yeah. do still have all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, for the most part of my, like you mentioned, you mentioned that you were a, uh, you know, you mentioned at the beginning of the show. I'm kind of like a, um, what did you say? Um, like uh, you moved around a lot. Yes. Well, I can't remember the word. What was the word that you used? Uh, nomad. nomad. You had nomad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like when I traveled to the Middle East, when I traveled to the Middle East, there's the same thing. Um, I've been, you know, I've been to Egypt. I've been to Saudi Arabia. I've been, you know, I. Um, it's. In, I love traveling because you see what the world is really like, and you get outside of this kind of bubble of you know Western United States culture, whatever we call it, right. which I find to be very boring sometimes and stale. Um, yeah. But, you know, yeah, you have like, they have like Bedouins in the Middle East and they're like mm. very harsh, you know, like constantly traveling, like, you know, drive, you know, a, a white Toyota, you know, pickup truck. But, and I'm not even, <laughs> here I am being like, you know, prejudiced towards Bedouins, but I'm saying like, there is, you see the difference, like you hear how different cultures talk about different areas or different groups of people. And like you said, like, here we are looking down upon the people that feed us. Right. And, uh, right. I don't know, it was just a, right. it was a cool comment. I just, yeah. Uh, well, the, and the thing is, is that the, we, I, I consider myself very culturally educated. So if I ever deal with that type of situation um, here in the US, mm-hmm. I, I, what you got to do is just move on. I mean, yes, know your value. That's what I will say to uh, yeah. tell anyone. Um, if I, if I have to give a sound advice, is that just know your value. 
And if they don't respect how valuable you are in that organization, mm -hmm. then move on. Yes, of course, they, if there is an illegal action that you need to take, you, of course, yeah. go, go for it. Yeah. But if it's just the unconscious bias that, you, that everyone deals with, because it's always going to be around, just know your value and know your place and speak up when you need to. And if, if it doesn't pan out, then just move on. That's, that's the example. Yeah, that's sure. the best advice that I could give anyone. Yeah, um, I think we yeah. were thinking about like toxic work cultures and stuff because uh, there's a lot of that kind of in the environment lately. And it might not even be like a, you know, toxic work culture could just be, you know, we hired a yeah. bunch of millennials that are gamers. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Like, like, and <laughs> I, I just don't fit in, you know, like, so what's the deal? Like, you know, like you said, move on, you, you know, your value, like this just isn't the right, you know, there's something to be said about company culture. It's different at every company. It's, um, it is, it is. But so, uh, uh, now, to, to your point about all the millennials knowing that a bunch of gamers, but the thing is, is that we can learn from them because their artistic side of them, uh, I think that's something that we do not have. All right, because we are boxed into when people used to tell us, do this, do that, mm. we stick to it. Yeah. But but um the millennials do not. They will question everything. They have our other side that they try to figure out how to solve the problem in a different manner. Um so we have to give them that type of liberty to explore and and see how they bring value to the organization. Yeah, I love it. Love it. Yeah, true. Yeah, just give me orders. I don't want to be the leader. Like, I like taking right. orders, you know? Um, right, right. I have no problem. Just just take orders. I'm good. Just give me a good leader. That's the hard part. How do you find a good leader? So, again, so so back then to people growing up in technology, what's your advice? Um, well, my advice is and well, number one I want number one too because a lot of people say oh you know go get certifications get this get that but no really what and I think most people kind of know that what's your advice to someone that might be just different I, I, listen I'm not too pro certification because here's the thing that uh, let's use Microsoft as an example <laughs> we, we have MCFC back We're in the on days. LinkedIn, by the way, that's owned by Microsoft, just so you know. That's where this podcast is going to be released. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so it's a great hey, example. Open. So it's a great example. <laughs> Anyways, well, go ahead. Well, yeah, because we, we had back then MCFC, right? Yeah. Does MCFC exist today? No. So, uh, it, yes, it was a way how to get your foot into the door and expand your career and keep moving up. Mm. But uh, I'm very pro-education. Uh, I think the foundation should come from a, a, a even a trade school, college, two-year degree, whatever case may be. Um, but yes, uh, to get your foot in, I think those things matters. But then you have to decide that, hey, Maybe someone knows someone that knows someone that opens the door for you and allow you to work in a certain company that you do not need the, the four-year college degree or the two-years associate degree, whatever case may be. So in short, uh, what you're saying is network with people. Network with people. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Very important. And, I, <laughs> and be a likable person. Network with people and be a likable person. Well, that's a hard thing in IT. 
<laughs> we, we normally do not like to be mingling with people, um, but it, 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 we have to. We have to change. We have to uh, get our out of our comfort zone zone yeah. and be out there and network with people and learn from each other. So yes, so yes, uh, exactly. So any advice there though? Honestly, like was there anything that you ever did to like, oh, you're like, well, first of all, be from Panama where we're all like awesome. Uh, <laughs> but for everyone that's, for everyone that's not from Panama, what are they, what do they do? <laughs> yeah. Network with people, um, go to school, you know, find something. Again, if it, if it, do your research. First, do your research. Okay? If you want to be a programmer, well, what will be the best way to to just don't start be a programmer? Career? Just don't be a programmer because you're afraid to talk with people. If you want to be a programmer, be a programmer well, no, because you, you want like to be a programmer. It, if you like it, yeah, if yeah, you yeah. like it, yes, you know what I mean. Yes, yes, yes. Always, uh, if that's what you want, not because you want to make money. It's you want to be miserable in any career if you just want to make money. I, I would never advise someone to do what, something for the rest of your life just to make money. Well, is there a part in your life where you were scared? What was the scariest thing you've ever had to do? And when well, I say scared, I mean like anxiety, fear. I don't want to do this. Like I'm, I'm going to avoid doing this because I'm scared. Uh, well, it, it's... Scarcity, scarcity will not stop me from doing anything. I'm a risk taker. That's number one. Because I look at um, scarceness as an impediment to move forward. Fear will not stop me. Yeah. Fear will not stop me. I will never advise anyone to stop doing something because they are scared. I was, um, I was terrified through my first two to three years of high school. I walked down the hallway with my head down. I spoke with nobody. I was pretty much living terrified in the shell of a body. And um, I don't know what happened at what point where it was, but I think basically I, 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 you know, when they say, when you said push yourself out of your comfort zone, some people, there's a book that this PhD lady wrote called Feel, Feel, the, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyways. There's, um, I think it was a, a, a group of events of forcing myself to confront all of these fears, like head on and just go do it anyways, as much as you, because a lot of people are afraid of failure. Other people say like, no, they're afraid of success. I don't get that. I am not afraid of success. I'll tell you that right now. Right. I don't get that saying, well, you're really afraid of success. No, I'm pretty sure I'm okay with success if that happens. Yeah. Um, no, I'm afraid of failure. I mean, so the more that I kind of confronted that and like just went and, you know how they say fail forward, like all those sayings, like they really are legit. Um, and then you have modern day and back to, and I'm not picking on the millennials because I think there's something to be said there because it might be a different psychology. A lot of yeah. them hate the old, they hate that old psychology of feel the fear and do it anyways and this, that, and everything else. I don't know. There's, there's something to be said there. That would be. But with failure, somehow we learn from that fail. Yeah. Whatever. And we fix and, and we alter. We fix and yes. alter and make progress. And if you don't ever yes. do that, if you don't ever go fail, you're never going to get better. You just sit around and do nothing. 
Yeah, that's so the look point. At you now you you you're an example because you say you used to walk with your head down. It's kind of weird. You are, yeah, it's like really and weird. Here you are. <laughs> You know, putting yourself out there. People for don't people get to it. Hear your podcast. Yeah, it's weird. Like it's like public speaking. Like someone said to me the other day, like like you like have no problem public speaking. I was like, dude, I've been doing it for so long, I don't even think about it. I was like, the first one thing that helped with public speaking was because they say that people fear public speaking more than death. So the the you know I can't remember it was like Seinfeld or someone. He's like, so the person in the coffin, uh, the person giving the speech, the eulogy, would rather be in the coffin. <laughs> then the person, you know, wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? and uh, I remember when uh, I had to start doing public speaking, I learned how to flip the script, right? So a, a lot of times people are afraid to get up on stage and talk because everyone's staring at them, right? But what's right. really scary about being in the audience, What what's really scary about being in the audience is if the person on stage speaking actually picks you out and asks you a question from the audience, all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, like all eyes are on me. So I learned from public speaking to flip the script and just put the, the, put the pressure on the audience instead. Um, so anyways, that was just one trick for anyone out there that's afraid of public speaking. Just start asking questions. Be like, I'm going to ask someone at random in the audience if what you think, you know what I mean? Like start putting the pressure on them. Um, anywho. Um, I, I think uh, someone gave me a good advice once for to conquer that f- fear of public speaking. Uh-huh. Just think that you are helping someone. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. all about them. Exactly. It's all about them. Yeah. Put yeah. stamp on their forehead. This might've been Brian Tracy. I can't remember who it was. He basically said, he basically said, you should write on everyone's forehead. This might be the seven habits of like, I, I can't remember. You, you should, you should imagine on every single person that you speak to, like that they're the most important person in the world. Exactly. Exactly. Right. How would exactly. you speak to, Whoever it is, like whatever one of your biggest role models are, character, people, like how would you treat that person? How would you speak to them and treat, and oh. then go treat everyone like that? You know well, what I mean? With respect. With respect. Yeah. Knowing that I can learn from that person as well. It doesn't matter where they're at in life. Yeah. Right. Uh, one of my favorite public um, speaker is John Maxwell. Uh-huh. Why? Because he's always trying to help someone. Yeah, exactly. He, he he's not speaking for himself. Yeah, get out. Uh, Stop being selfish. This is not about you. Like everything should be about everyone else first, and then worry. And then then correct. You know, you, you'll get along. You'll be all right. You will be all right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, besides, what's the worst that could happen? Anyways, you die. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you bomb. Well, guess what? You learn from it. Get up and move on. Like, tomorrow will be just another day. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's something to be said there. I don't know how many. Um, IT directors are out there that need to. So I guess, okay, so let's hit on some of those things. And what are some of those points where you said, I'm willing to take a risk here. I'm willing to push myself forward. What would you say are some of the main areas that people need to be pushing themselves forward in order to live a better life, be more successful, feel more invigorating? Because when you push through those barriers, when you push through those comfort zones, we get stuck in the everyday uh, regular things, right? But when we push ourselves outside of our comfort zone, something happens. We might be a little bit scared, might have some anxiety or whatever, but all of a sudden life has more meaning. Life just so is me, more exciting. You know, it's just better. Correct. correct. So let me, okay, we are in technology. Technology never is the same. The only constant thing is change. Mm-hmm. So we have to continuously evolving and changing and adapting. We don't get better by what, doing the same thing that we did a year ago. Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, a few hours ago. 
Yeah. Because something, something new might come out that we need to learn from. That's the only way to continuously progressing in this life, to continuously advancing. And that's, this is not only your career, but also in your personal life. I, I, what, if I ever hold on to a job and continuously doing the same thing I did five years ago, mm. or even not picking up a book or listening to podcasts and mm. learning from others, yeah, yeah. then I feel like I'm not growing. I might as well be dead. That's the way how I live my life. If I feel stuck in a, in a, at a job, not bringing any value, just showing up to work because I'm showing up to work, then what's the point? That's the way how I feel. Unfortunately, unfortunately, <laughs> we do have people like that in the world. But well, what do we? What, what would they your advice laugh. be? Okay, so what would your advice be to the person whose job that needs to get done every day and it's completely monotonous? Well, yeah, we well. To What's your advice it? to them? <laughs> What's your advice? My, my, <laughs> and we need, they, but we if need they you. Are happy, well, yeah. first of all, if they're happy doing what they're doing, repetitive action because we do need them. I'm yeah. not going to knock on them because yeah. we do. We do yeah. need people that love to do that kind of stuff. You know, just data yeah. entry and just do their job. Don't bother me and go home. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that that person outside of their work. Yeah, they do evolve in other yeah, yeah. area because they might have kids. They might, you yeah, know, yeah. And if they've they been there for a long time, they're probably involved. one of the. They're probably yeah. love talking with people. It's probably some other aspect of the job that exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. So they might not progress in one area, but they're progressing in others. And some people, it is you know, it's like a three sixty view that hey, if I'm not progressing everywhere, then what am I doing? Mm. And uh, I guess I'm. I'm that type, you know, if I'm progressing at, you know, my personal life, um, career, then I feel um, that I'm, <laughs> what, what what should I say? I'm, I'm, bringing, I'm adding value to this world, you know, yeah. I'm not a useless human being. Yeah. And of, of course, I'm being exaggerating here, but <laughs> that's the way how I view it uh, for the most part. So it, it all depends on the personality of that individual and how happy they are in their life. Um, but if you want to change, if that role that you are in right now, as in just data entry, is not fulfilling you, then do it. But in your leisure time, pick, pick something else. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know if whether it's, again, listening to podcasts, picking up yeah. a book, whatever mm. case may be, and then apply what you're learning on your own to yeah. work. And then you will continuously succeed in, in life. Yeah, yeah. What's it like working for you? Wow. I, someone asked me that question a few weeks ago. And Weird. It must be, you I must like... just draw this. You must just draw <laughs> this type of question. I've never asked that question in my life. I just figured, it just came to mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I do love to empower others. Okay. Um, I remember once I, um, I reported to the president of the company that I currently work for. Uh -huh. And I was telling him like, hey, um, so yes, I think it was year two that I've been working there uh -huh. or a year and a half. Uh -huh. And I was telling him like, hey, this all, our management me meetings, I feel like, you know, there's something missing. Yeah, we are just order takers and we are not fulfilling what we need to do 
to advance as a as a unit as to advance of what this company need mm-hmm. and he challenged me like hey just talk to them challenge them i give you the opportunity to to lead in that manner and i was like okay i wasn't sure if i wanted to do it because you know i'm like again scarceness about and, and then you were like, well, I challenge you to give me an unlimited budget uh, for IT technology and see what I do with it. <laughs> right. but, but these were others, you know, managers of, of freight operation, managers of uh-huh. customer service. Uh, so other departments and it yep. wasn't IT, right? It was a collective unit of, of a business in the middle level management. He was challenging me, like challenging me to challenge them. So mm. I took up, uh, took the role upon me to like to just continuously speaking, to continuously empowering them, mm-hmm. and just keep moving that needle. Even the uh, the, the people that uh, directly report to me, I always like to empower them. What does that mean? Give them the opportunity to fail, and not hold it against them. That's that's how I, that's my leadership style, so to speak. Now. If they do it three or four times, then we have a problem. But <laughs> yeah. but for the most part, I love to empower others because at some point, someone did give me the opportunity to continue my career path, my career growth. Mm-hmm. Um, so why not pay it forward? Plus, there's just no way you can do everything anyway. So there's a benefit. Absolutely. <laughs> there's a selfish benefit, which is uh, I get to delegate everything to other people. I'm still trying to figure out how we can do this. Um, I'm still trying to figure out how I can get my wife to. um, Okay, how how do we do this? (laughs) I'm trying to to get my wife to empower the children to do uh, all these tasks that she does. And I keep telling her, like, look, the key is delegation. Well, they're not going to fold right. They're not going to do the laundry right. They're not going to just like, who cares? Show them. Who cares? You're not doing it anymore. Like, seriously. Okay, so I failed. So, okay, so I'm your employee. So, 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 so my my advice to you will be... um, Aldino, I failed. Yeah, I failed at empowering. (laughs) Pick your bottom. (laughs) (laughs) I failed at empowering my... uh, At at, at, at coaching my wife to empower the children to do other things. How do I... um, Yeah, so, so really, you're the CEO now, and I'm you. And, um, I don't know how to, uh, I don't know how to get empower these people or I don't actually know. Am I the CEO? I don't know what I am. Here's what I am. I'm the guy that <laughs> failed in, at in, telling in, my uh, wife to empower never me. the CEO. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. She's the CEO. Yeah, I failed at, <laughs> I failed at coaching you. I failed at coaching you to empower people. So, you know, what was it like? How did you let go? That's the question. The question is how did, do you let go of, of control? Day. At the end of the day, again, it's all about knowing your value. Then live your life as a project manager. <laughs> Once the, at the end of the project, you evaluate, did I move the needle? What, what, what was successful? What failed? What could I change? At the end of that evaluation process, if, it, if there is something that you said, enough is enough, it's time for me to move on, then do it. Okay, so let me ask you this. Project manager. This is the key. So you're going to give people the opportunity to fail and you're literally 
like about to lose your mind because you're kind of like looking away, but you're kind of looking back with like one eye partially open and the other eye closed. And like, you know what they're going to do. And you like pretty much like, or you don't know what they're going to do, but you're like, just so don't want to let them fail, but you've got to let them fail. I I don't know what, what that is, is how do you get someone to let go of that failure piece? You just have to guide them, uh, advice, you know, um, Especially, look at it at this point. Uh, ask uh, questions. Don't do it. Yes, ask questions. Um, you know, yes. Give them an example of where they could do it better. But yeah. at the end of the day, just take a step back. Let yeah. that person learn from their failure. Or yeah. or actually, you can learn from them. Like, oh, wow, I didn't know that it yeah. could have. we could accomplish it this way. Yeah. Because we don't know everything yeah. in the world. And always, I, I, I'm not the type of person that to think uh-huh. to, to think always that my way is the only way. Um, yeah. I think that's. What do you do uh, about mediocrity? What do you do about mediocrity? Mediocre oh employees. Lord, you know, be patient. <laughs> 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 okay, I'm gonna give you. You know what one works for me? You know what what question works for me? Um, are you proud of this work? Is this the mm. best? It, honestly, like at the end of the day, is this your best work that you can do? Are you proud of this? Like, if you like, if so and so saw this, is is this your best work? Uh, so, uh, I, okay, that's a good example. But I'm going to give you another example. <laughs> oh, great! Uh, if I if 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 I if I will. And I, just me. so you know, I was thinking of my. Of course, I allow you. I'm just <laughs> thinking of. Uh, I'm thinking of uh, my. Uh, uh, I'm thinking of my my twin ten year olds. You know, when they turn in a project, is this the best work that you can do? Uh, you're right. You know, you're right. Like seriously, like you used yeah. one color, you used one crayon to get. Well, you could tell, like it was like I'm just getting the job done. Like okay, like I, I don't care. I'm doing it because you told me to do it. You know, and there's a well, lot well, to be said there. Uh, it's it's easy for me to say it now because it's it's already in the past, and now you're bringing it to the table. Yeah. So I, because I could say yes. <laughs> you could have used another method like, hey, what if you had used this other color? Don't you think that it will, you know, your work will look absolutely um, 90% better? Come, let me help you here. Yeah, um, no way. You're helping and then you yeah. empower that person to continue uh, on. Okay, and let okay. him, yeah, but I'm from the outside. So that was passed. But when you do, you in, even care when you're, the, when you're in the situation. You know, it's a totally different story. Yeah, yeah. But let me give you a good example of uh, one of my past um, job. Okay, I wasn't in leadership. Yeah, I was pretty much the um, system engineer or system analyst slash project manager when M- needed. Middle manager right? at, right. at yes, not at, even yeah. manager. My title yeah. wasn't even manager. You yeah. know, I used to my I used to report to the manager, but still yeah. yet for some reason Service. Um, because of my background, um, <laughs> headquarters used to reach out to me and, yeah. and give me projects to lead. Right. Yeah, yeah. My situation with that organization, it was I, I don't want to give too much of it's of okay it's okay we get it <laughs> everyone listening knows exactly what you're talking about everyone that's been there knows you need to say say no more yeah <laughs> say no more <laughs> we get uh, it my fu- yeah my frustration is that the entire company felt like they didn't care i had situations that okay we order uh, again back then my, my, my title was was system analyst slash project manager right Mm-hmm. Uh, primary role system analyst. 
you know, so I'm here supporting the community. Yep. How do you make Someone people is care? Me to order XYZ Al- Aldino, for them. Aldino, yeah. how do you make people care? <laughs> it, it, that's, that's the thing. If the culture of the organization was that, after the end of that project, I evaluated it and I saw that this was in my place. I need to go. Otherwise, I will. Otherwise, I will. I will. That is what we call. That is what we call a fail. (laughs) That is what we call a fail forward. I am going to chalk this up. I'm going to chalk this up as uh, know when to. Yeah, know when to like you know just give up. (laughs) Give up. Yeah, let them you know do their thing. It seems like okay. Or either adapt and become one of them, or I just, you know, say thank you for the opportunity, but this wasn't a good fit for me, and it's time for me to move on. Uh, I was really hoping for a big answer there on how to make people care, because I can't can't move on. I can't do that with my kids. If he doesn't care, he just doesn't care. You're like, yeah. Hey, at some point, because otherwise you want you, you want to end up with cancer or something because you you worry too much, uh, or, you know whatever the case may be. Also, in other words, give up. Okay, you, you, yeah, hey, you know what? Hey, hey, son, guess what? Uh, I'm done. Okay, like <laughs> do whatever the heck you want. I'm done. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. not too much you want because if you still live under my roof, I still. You know, yeah, I'm yeah, I know. Like you can't play with matches. Roof. You still can't play with matches. You still can't. <laughs> no. Right. Right. Absolutely. Uh, I gotcha. Absolutely. I gotcha. Uh, this has been a pleasure. Um, it has been great having you on the show. Um, if in all seriousness, what? Well, well, I guess if you had one piece of advice, I ask this a lot. If you had one piece of advice, kind of surrounding the the topic of of fear, and some people don't have any fear at all because they just don't care. Um, is there like something that you bring? What would you bring? What would you say is one of the biggest learning experiences that you've learned from failure? I guess what's your biggest fail learning moment? Well, the important thing is the maturity maturity level that we have as an as a individual in this world. Because you do know that we do have people that fail, but don't learn from those failures. Why? Because they don't take the time to evaluate where they're at in life and how much they have progressed or have not progressed. Whatever, whatever, whatever that situation that, that that person wants to do at the end of their life, you know, what will they say in, in your eulogy, right? But yeah, yeah. Um, if... If you have friends, of course, you know, sometimes we can have the worst people in the world and <laughs> once they're dead, they're the best. I'm not talking about that type of person. I'm talking about the true meaning of friendships and um, and others. What would they say um, at the end of your lifetime? Right. Um, that's good. Yeah. So evaluating, I think that's really good, like evaluating where you're at. And are you progressing? Evaluate where you're at. Like right now, um, it's an important question that hits home with me because I I was taking care of my mother for a year and pretty much doing, you know, nothing other than taking care of my parents. And uh, I mean, I was doing, you know, podcasts and doing the business as usual type of thing. But um, I think a lot of people can get stagnant at a certain point, especially at our point in life, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, mid 40s is one of the highest suicide rates for men. Um, 
And that could be for numerous reasons. Like they worked their whole life to the mid forties and then they realized like they were living a lie or their relationship was a lie or whatever it was, you know, that's like kind of one of the number one reasons, but yeah, where, you know, where are you at and where are you progressing? I think that's a, it's, um, a good, it's, yeah. it's a good question because people, and then even successful people can get really successful. The other point is, is the other most, the irony to that is one of the, the age that even men are most successful. At, and I don't mean to make this, um, you know, like a sexist conversation by any means, but I'm just speaking, I'm a man. So I'm going to speak from my perspective. Like, you know, one of the most, um, kind of most successful, uh, periods in a, in a, you know, in our life as well as kind of like mid forties. Right. Um, whether it be, whether it be even, you know, sexual marketplace value or, um, you know, how they've matured, you know what I mean? Because women tend to mature, like, you know, kind of even in an earlier age and men tend to kind of like, you know, get into a stride even later in life. So, um, but what I've found is that there's a lot of men, even in my industry, even just looking around that become very successful and they get stagnant. Mm-hmm. In other words, once they're driving a Mercedes, once the house is paid off, once, you know, it's like, yeah. what? what's the point? Like, what, well, what was the point, right? For the, all the wrong reasons. Yes, right? exactly. It was just chasing something that think that will... The lifestyle. Life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and they were, then they finally realized that they were doing it all for the wrong reason. Some shallow form right. of existence, you know? So right. well, I'm right. glad we're on the same page there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I would ask you about, you know, what it was like. And I just want to state why is Puerto Rico not a state yet? I don't know that. And some, some, yeah. I'll probably have a lot of Puerto Rican friends that get, I do have a lot of Puerto Rican friends that are going to get mad at me. Like, oh, you're so un, you're <laughs> clueless. You're just like another white guy that's clueless. And like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm just putting it out it's there. A, I wish Puerto Rico was a territory. US territory. I like know. Territory. Uh, well, I can't wait. It should be a state. Okay. Look, they should, you know, they should. You know, anyways, um, that was all. I'll end with that. Uh, thank you very much, sir, for being on the show. It's been great. Hey, absolutely. Uh, thank you for the chance to come on here, Dylan, just share some knowledge and just have a conversation. Um, yeah. So, yes, yeah, sir. Thank you.